Welcome to the Atlanta Sports Podcast, a recap of the week in Atlanta sports, created by Atlanta sports fans for Atlanta sports fans. Welcome to episode 37 of the Atlanta Sports Podcast. You'll see that there's uh, not just the normal three of us. Uh, there's a fourth person today, and it looks like Pittsburgh threw up on him. Uh, this is uh, a friend of mine and, and somebody I used to work with uh, when I was a middle school teacher, uh, Phil Detko, uh, who's joining us. I, I wanted him to give us a little bit of perspective on uh, on our Falcons. Good football teams. Uh, from an outside outside view. What's that, Jeremy? Yeah, we wanted some perspective from somebody who watches good football teams every week. <laughs> yes. Uh, just to give us an outside perspective of, of obviously a franchise, although I, I've busted Deco's chops quite a bit about the, the Steelers, I do have a great deal of respect for the, the Steelers organization and that franchise and what they've accomplished. Um, honestly, I, I didn't dislike the Steelers until I met Deco. Uh, and then his over-the-top, everything Atlanta is bad, made me turn into everything Pittsburgh is bad. So really, it's his fault, uh, all the all the harassment. But We've got a lot to talk about this week. We we have the Falcons, who historic another historic meltdown. Uh, they've done something that no other NFL franchise has ever done: uh, two fifteen point leads in the fourth quarter, and blew both games. It's never happened before, and we did it in seven days. Uh, I mean, that's that's pretty that's impressive. I mean, if we, at least we hang our hat on something. Uh, and then, of course, we want to we want to Dan Quinn's trying real hard to top his Super Bowl. Yeah, he it, well, that's on top of. He wants but. to, he wants to be known for something else besides blowing a Super Bowl twenty eight to three, and he's trying real hard at it. He's setting all kinds of records. I don't know how he. Honestly, I heard on the radio today as I was as I was working around the house that uh, he was playing himself out of. A, <laughs> okay, I wasn't working around the house. I was taking care of two kids. So it's working. Uh, you were taking care of kids and cooking and cleaning. Yes. Yes. So, but that he was sort of playing himself out of a second coaching job because it's the handwriting's on the wall already that he's not coming back. At least that's what most most people think. And we do have to ask Phil too while while he's is on. And thank you so much for joining us. You have a unique perspective on Daniel here. You've actually seen Daniel work, so we're we're interested to get this. You know, wow! I'm glad you guys. For having me on tonight, it's, it's it's an honor. I've listened to some episodes, so I've been pumped up about this for days. Uh, thank you, Barks, for and and the rest of you guys for having me on. But this could go one of two ways. It's gonna be very very hard to hold back on all the things I know about Daniel. So you want to know things? I got them. If the show moves that way, I'm ready. I don't need prep for that one. As a loyal listener, you know there are no cheap shots at Daniel in this Correct. podcast. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Nothing's out of bounds. Oh, good, oh, good. Man. Especially well, well. I'm I'm not sure why why Barks was saying Garrett is the high money roller going to South Carolina last week when he's the one who can't hide the money. So that right off the bat, I'm going to start there. <laughs> I heard that was in your opening monologue last week. Uh, so, that is true. Anyway, That's true. I mean, let's, take, let's take a I moment. Get, I'm wearing a I get several. I get Garrison criticized for tie. taking these, quote, vacations where I'm going to my grandmother's house <laughs> to see her. I don't. Sorry, I don't party with Shaq or Roger Goodell 
or just Greg Olson pay to drive around on a golf course that I'm never going to play at. Yeah, don't forget will. Greg Olson. Greg Olson was at breakfast. Oh, sorry, day. Greg Olson as well. He he was not impressed by his I'm wife. Sorry, I, I... <laughs> <laughs> that is <laughs> that is fake news. Oh my gosh! Hold on. But th- thank now you. Now that we got video, I'll pull up the text message and flash it over the camera soon. Yeah, but Phil, we're we're, we're glad to have you on, and especially since this I appreciate it. turn oh, into man. roast of Daniel very quickly. So he's a brave. most episodes seem to. To be honest, most episodes seem to. All right. But, so we do want to talk about the Falcons. We also want to talk about the Braves as they're uh, rolling into uh, the playoffs tomorrow uh, with a noon game. And uh, and I do want to wrap up, even though it's not basketball season, a little bit with the Hawks, uh, just because I made a comment on Twitter that blew up. Apparently, Lloyd Pierce has a, a loyal following on uh, on Twitter for uh, for Hawks basketball. But but let's get started with the Falcons. Uh, and you know what? Actually, I lied. Before we get started with the Falcons, I, a little bit of housekeeping uh, for if you haven't listened recently and you you're tuned back in. Uh, we do have a YouTube channel now, so you can hear us talking about like Garrett's wearing a suit and tie. Uh, you can actually see Garrett in that suit and tie. We'll get to that. And uh, on our YouTube channel. So if you just go to YouTube, search the Atlanta Sports Podcast, you can find us uh, and subscribe there. And then, of course, uh, as we've been looking at listeners and tracking sort of volume as, as sports has come back and seeing those increases, we've got a lot of new listeners. So if you're listening, thank you so much. Uh, and also tell a friend. Uh, let somebody else know about the show if you're enjoying it. Uh, reach out to us, talk to us on Twitter, interact with us. We uh, we really enjoy doing the show. Obviously, for us, we were just talking before we got on. This is sort of like our adult version of playing Xbox, right? It's, it's hard to say, hey, wife, we're going to go sit down for two hours and play Xbox. But uh, to say, hey, we're going to go do a podcast, that, uh, that goes over a little easier. But all right, you, after the house, you tell your housekeeping. Wife it takes us two hours to do this? <laughs> Am I underselling it? Do I need to extend my forty-five minutes? I also do all the editing afterwards because you two uh, can't do the technology portion. Sure. Okay. So this this went off the rails super fast. So I'm going to hand it off and stop talking and let Jeremy take over the Falcons and what happened on Sunday uh, in that embarrassing defeat to the Bears. I think. The most I was embarrassed is listening to the after the the post game press conference from Dan Quinn to where he still doesn't understand that it's a problem that we continue to pass the ball when we're up by sixteen in the fourth quarter with six minutes left. I mean, he has no issue. It's like it's like I don't know if he knows that whether a run is successful or not. the The play clock continues to run, and that's really I mean, it's the same thing as Super Bowl, same thing as two weeks ago, same thing as this week. It's just. The same issue over and over again. And that's why, you know, I think all of us were okay with us moving forward into a new regime last year. And it's just so puzzling to where we're in the same place. I mean, I'm all but expecting us to get start one and seven and then them do this seven and one run at the end of the year to get us to eight and eight and, you know, ruin our draft status again. I mean, that that's kind of where I am. And, and we're obviously no closer to him being fired because, you know, I think all the reports are that, you know, Arthur Blank thinks that our next five games are winnable. Or our last two games were winnable. But we, we don't know how to win games. Like, I mean, and I think, I mean, Phil can speak to kind of how, how the Steelers, you don't see performance like this out of, out of 
the Steelers. I mean, I've never seen that happen. I've never seen them come in and look as unprepared as the Falcons do week after week. So, it, Well, one comment in Philly, I, I like your opinion on this as well. Jeremy mentioned our draft status is going to get hurt because we're going to win games towards the end of the year. Obviously, I don't, I don't tune in to, to sports talk radio for the Steelers. Have the Steelers ever had a season or ever had times when they've they've complained about we need to, to if we're going to lose, just go ahead and lose so we can increase our draft status? No. Um, that wouldn't really be our MO as far <laughs> as drafting is concerned. Um, if you look at if you look at the last 20 years, I mean, we've been in the playoffs 12 out of those 20 years. Tomlin's never had a losing season, and he's you know in his 13th year as a head coach. Cowher put in 15 years as a head coach. Uh, throwing the games for drafting uh, is really not what we're all about. Honestly, we're into finding second, third, fourth-round draft picks that seem to overachieve, overperform. I mean, Antonio Brown, I know personal life, we could say a lot of things. I'm not a big AB fan, but if you look at the, his sixth-round draft pick back in what 2013, 12, whatever it may be, um, he's the kind of guy that we that we try to go after. So, I mean, I would say our drafting's been been pretty strong. We've had some failings, no doubt, but especially wide receivers were pretty strong. Who invited this guy? <laughs> we don't want to hear. I've only had two coaches for you know the past fifty years, and you hit on all your draft picks. <laughs> who who's who's drafting for y'all? It, it, so I have two questions sort of to go with that. One, who makes y'all's picks? And then on Monday Night Football the other night, did y'all see Mahomes mentioned that with uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire that he actually messaged the GM to tell the GM who he liked and who he wanted them to take. And that that to me was fascinating because the GM apparently communicated back to Mahomes to thumbs up that, hey, we're going to go get that guy. Uh, and it made me wonder of, one, who's who's making those picks for the Steelers? Obviously, we know for the Falcons. But on that other side of it, for, for Jeremy and Garrett, I'm wondering if Matt Ryan has any impact no. On any of those decisions? No, he doesn't. I can tell you that. Do you think he cares no. or wants to? Like, does Mahomes just have that? Mahomes can't have better status than Matt Ryan in his organization. I think he does. Well, I don't think it's Matt Ryan's personality. Yeah. Also, did Mahomes really make the pick, or was it? Hey, we're we're targeting these couple guys. You yeah. know, we we know we need a running back because we let some guys go, and we kind of got lucky last year with Damian Williams. They they were probably targeting a couple school guys. And it's yeah. like, hey, he's available. Are we going to go get him? Yeah, that's the guy top on our list. So, yeah, maybe it got oversold a little bit. Maybe not. I don't. I don't know. But I would yeah. say he probably got oversold. No one's going to call him Pat. <laughs> I'll call him Pat right did, now. Did you what see you that think? yesterday? His mom was not happy. Yeah, no, mom's not happy, and ESPN's issuing issuing multiple apologies for for last night uh, over calling him. Good that's Lord. crazy. This is I still remember my mom when I went to kindergarten telling me your teacher when she asked what your name is, you tell her your name is Daniel, it's not Dan. So I can understand the defensiveness. Uh, you hate Dan. You hate Do him. we need to um, I can't say I hate Dan because my father in law goes by Dan, so that would be yeah. This is good. Tell us more about this Dan hate that he talks about. <laughs> what about what about this is great. So we can't call DJ Dan? Baby Dan, no, you, you can't call Baby Daniel Dan. Sweet Baby Dan, uh, what is happening, Barks? You, if there was an argument in the office and I wanted to get under your skin, I would say something along the lines of "Okay, Dan," and you would flip. <laughs> that you hate Dan. He doesn't like Dan. I'm just, I'm just telling you. <laughs> Good content. 
Oh man. But I mean this has really been a bad idea for me. But going back to where we were talking about like our draft status, I agree with Phil. I I mean I, I root for us to win until we're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. The last two years that's happened in late October. So and then we we went on these magical winning streaks at the end of the year where we're already eliminated and we went from, you know, five or six in the draft to eighteen. And our GM has no ability to make good picks at 18. I mean, he's just doesn't. He... Top 10's hit or miss, too. Yeah. I mean, that, that's hit or miss, top 10. So, so who, honestly. Who's making those picks for the Steelers, Phil? Is it y'all's GM, or does Tomlin participate in, in that? Uh, I believe it's the GM, and I know Tomlin has input. And if you listen to Sports Talk, if I remember correctly, they, they say that Ben, they always speculate, does Ben have any input on those things? And honestly, I would want him to have input on those draft picks not make the overall decision but he is the franchise he is the quarterback he's you know 17 seasons he should have a a say on what's going to happen because as he goes the team goes and honestly i wouldn't matter if if matt ryan has input for you guys that's the way that's the way it should be he is your franchise you take him away you know what happens yeah i mean he should have I think we agree. He should have input in draft picks, and he should have input in the offense. But it doesn't seem like that's ever the case. For whatever reason, I, maybe some personality. Matt's always the you know a team guy. At least he says that. I, I'm sure he's still a competitor, and he wants to win, so he would want to have his voice heard. But it just repeatedly, you hear either stories or articles. Um, or just the talk from the OC and the coaches that Matt's not involved for for whatever reason, you know, and it and it blows my mind. I'm with you. All right. So last week, Garrett, you missed because you were vacationing with the stars. <laughs> I listened. Are you on, are you auditioning for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? No, I've I've been wearing this. I've been wearing black for the past couple of days. To officially just want to announce that this is the Falcons' funeral. It's over for me this year. I'm done. The Falcons are done. I'm done. So I love it. I wanted to dress appropriately to pay you know pay my respect, and uh, we'll see you next year. So why do you say they're done? What was that? Because they're zero and three, and it's not it's not their zero and three. I get Seahawks, good team. I think the Cowboys are a good team. They Dak Prescott is not very good. We made yeah, Dak Prescott look good. Did you watch the Seahawks Cowboys game? You didn't. Did I you? watched bits and pieces. You don't. Of it. You don't watch much sports. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I, I think they. I think the Cowboys are a better team. I, you know, they got Mike McCarthy, and so they're learning a new system. I, I think they have good pieces though, and they've got talent, and I think they'll get better as the season goes on. So it's not like we're losing. To the Lions for three straight weeks, or the Bears for three straight weeks, but or the yeah, just one week on the Bears, but it's just the same thing over and over. They refuse to change, which is the frustrating part. The and it's it blows my mind how offensively, when you should be conservative, run the ball, run some clock. We continue to be aggressive in these games, not burn out clock, but defensively. We go completely, you know, prevent, you know, 
whatever you want to call it, conservative, not, non- non-aggressive. And I, it's just like, it blows my mind. I don't understand it. I don't understand We switched it. over to that in the third quarter, and that's when they started making a run. And then you can't go back, like we did it the week before. You can't switch back. You can't be like flip a switch and go back to being aggressive on the defensive side. We back out of the aggressiveness and get toasted. But, yeah. And, and to more to Jerry's report, I know it's over. He talked about the post-game presser with Dan Quinn. I heard bits and pieces. It, it, dude is clueless on what he's trying to say. He just kind of talks in circles, throws a bunch of words together, <laughs> doesn't make sense, doesn't answer the question. I think he's completely lost. And, and you know, one more example of that. So the first series of the game, I was I was in the car, uh, listened to it on the radio. West Durham, Dave Archer. I think West Durham's one of the best. Uh, I agree, he is good. West best guys in the business. And it was the uh, I can't remember the penalties exactly. I think it was a personal foul roughing the passer. Matt fumbled, and then the Bears recovered, and there was a second penalty on the Bears. A block in the back or something. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. And they called the penalties offsetting. Yeah. One on the defense, one on the offense, instead of two on the Bears. Immediately, West Durham starts freaking out. Oh, obviously, that's wrong. They're gonna, they got to fix this. They got to talk about this. Nobody talks about it. They keep going. The Falcons are about to snap the ball on the next play. And nobody on the Falcons' sideline, Dan Quinn especially, is bringing up the fact that you just blew these two calls. How can the whole staff be just so lost in the game yeah. that you don't understand that you didn't have a foul? The defense had two penalties. They called it wrong, but you're not saying anything. And we it, should have had 15 it, yards in a first down, and it was about to be like third and five. And, and we're, we're just rolling with ball. it. We're like, yep. All right, well, I guess we're going to have to roll another play. And, it got know, called in from New York to say, hey, something's wrong here. Yeah. And so, nope, yep, so that's 100%. Where we're supposed to have a game manager. I don't know what he's doing if he's not paying attention to that. <laughs> Dan Quinn is yeah, the head coach. Deco, if you don't know like, this already, we have Dan Quinn, who's a defensive head coach, who doesn't call the defense. Uh, and Dan Quinn, because he's not very good at game management, we also have a game management coach the because word. they're supposed to help Dan Quinn with game management. But we don't really know who that is. So we, I'm really not sure what Dan Quinn does other than come up with, with uh, motivational speeches, and that's about it. But that's – I could rant on this for an hour. But that's why I'm done because it's the coaching staff is clueless. Dan Quinn, nice guy. Obviously, I don't want anybody to lose their job because of families and whatnot, but he's just completely out of his league. I think mentally, and you can kind of see it towards the end of the game uh, when Matt Ryan, I think it was when he threw the pick, they showed a clip of Dan, DQ on the sideline. And I think you could just see it on the face. I mean, he just let out emotion. I think it was just kind of like, you know, not again. This happened again. Yeah. I, think I feel like he almost just put him out of his misery. Of like he would, he would be, he'd be happy if if they fired him. Like I just, am, I'm so done. Absolutely. We're also just bad on all three phases of the game. I mean, our offense was bad on Sunday. Our defense was awful. I mean, Oliver is just lost. He he doesn't you know know where he is half the time. I was shocked they kept Darquez Denard, who now is on I on IRIL, whatever we call it. Uh, he was our best defensive back. We just brought him in. Like we just got him as a free agent. He was fantastic until he hurt his hamstring. And I kept thinking, why do they keep throwing his way? Do they not know Isaiah Oliver's on the other side? Well, when Denard went out, they started throwing at Isaiah Oliver and completed every pass. And again, I, like Jeremy said, Isaiah Oliver was completely lost. Well, completely I, lost. I, I heard it put perfect. 
Isaiah Oliver is the Ender Enciarte yes. of defensive backs. Yes. He can't do anything. Well, in the last play of the ga- uh, last play of the game for the Bears to where they got that touchdown, I mean, who was covering that guy? It was just running down the middle of the field. And that was like a 30-yard pass, and like there's no one around him. I'm like, what? It's, it's the guy we just saw him from the practice squad. Yeah. But they can't scheme a defense to give him some help. But where's the safety? Like, there's no safety there. It's like, I mean, Deco, welcome to our lives. These teams are better off in like fourth down and 12 because they're going to convert because they're going to throw deep passes and we're, e- we're either going to hold them and get a pass interference penalty or they're going to complete the pass. I mean, they had those two other touchdowns that they the referees took away from them that were questionable yeah. at best. Like, Yeah, the, the pick in the end zone was definitely questionable. Just... When, when we have a lead, Dutko, just to give you an idea of what it's like to be a Falcons fan, when you have a lead and you're up like 20 to nothing in the first half, you don't think, jackpot, man, I can like take the little afternoon off. I don't have to watch the rest. Of, like I can go do – you're on edge going in the first quarter, 20 to nothing, it's too much time, way too much time. We, we can't hold a 20-point lead, right? Or in the fourth quarter when you're up by 16 and you start to see the little – crack in the defense or the crack in the offense you go yeah it's it's done we're not gonna win like yeah this this week we we're up i was 26 10 uh i can't or Foles, nick yeah, Foles, you were coming 16 in the fourth yep yeah. with like three I, minutes left four minutes left it, i think it's about mid third quarter i'll be honest i took a nap <laughs> just because i knew something was coming and I knew I would need some energy for some frustration. So I took a nap. I took about a 20-minute nap. I woke up. My wife was next to me on the couch. And she, you know, I look over at her. She just shakes her head and points at the TV. And at that point, I think it was a one-possession game at that point, And I knew it was over. So, I, I mean, needed energy I was expecting. for my frustration. So, at, no, <laughs> at, no, at no point did I think the Falcons were going to win. 100%. I had a, and I, I think I saw the stat. It's two weeks in a row. The Falcons statistically had a 99.6 or whatever percent chance to win the game, and they blew them both. But, I mean, we talked about how bad the offense was. We talked about how bad the defense was. But the special teams as well. I mean, we, we're just bad on all three phases of the game. And, I mean, our punting was awful last game. I mean, we we gave them short fields all day. And then, of course, we missed the field goal and we missed the extra point. It's just like we don't do anything well this this year. I mean, we don't. And there's no discipline. <laughs> it's, you know, all right, Deco. What one of his texts to me was about was about Dan Quinn, and I and I was you know let Dan Quinn go. Let's fire Dan Quinn. Deco, what was your thought on on Dan Quinn? Now, after hearing us rant, have you changed your thought, or are you sticking with your guns about Dan Quinn? I mean. Yes, I, I just sent out the text that everybody else sent. Like he's gone, he's done. I mean, everybody knows to throw out that text if that's the one you're referring to. Um, but well, you you mentioned that we shouldn't get rid of Dan Quinn because we'd had too many coaches. We need to. Ah, that was from today. We have yes. forty five head coaches. No, I don't. I don't think you should get rid of him. I don't. Uh, first of all, I feel for the guy. If you watch him, yeah, yesterday, just because you want to play us later, and then second, hold on a second. Now look. The pl- your players are standing behind the guy. That's huge. Oh, uh, Phil. If Phil, you read Phil, the AJC yeah. article this, today, that, they're standing behind him. They like what you're, he's doing. You're a loyal listener. We, we address this. 
I think I, I'm, I have a great theory on this. Yes, they're going to back the coach because they don't want to get cut when the new coach He's a pushover. Uh, and it, he supports the guys that they bring in or draft. Let's see what he does the rest of the season. They're able to, stick, they're able to stick around without production. He, he led you to half of your Super Bowl appearances, right? <laughs> That's huge. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. I don't know. I, no, Kyle Shanahan led us to that one. I'm with you. I mean, no, but even with a year who ago, yeah, who's available? Who? No. Anybody. <laughs> Go ahead. <you're, laughs> <laughs> you got any coaching experience, Ducca? Jerry, were you, you okay. were going to say Phil, something about the Super Bowl? Yeah, even the season we went to the Super Bowl, we still had the same issues. It's just we were outscoring everybody. I mean, we were scoring forty points a game. So, but we were still almost blowing games. We we almost blew the playoff game we were in. We were up like fourteen points. They came back, tied it, and we had to kick a field goal to win it. So we've had the same issues in his entire time here. And I, I think that's kind of why we're just like done with him so early. And I know that's hard for like, you just have such a good franchise that you support. So you would never luckily have to deal with <laughs> what we have to deal with, with Dan Quinn. I do understand. If I was you guys, I'd be calling for the same thing. I'd be furious. No doubt about it. Well, what do you think sets, Tomlin apart as a coach. Why do you think he's a good coach? First of all, I've learned a lot about him in the last year or two that a lot of us didn't know. And that was how he was handling all those personalities that were, you know, basically a cancer in the team. He got rid of Le'Veon Bell at the perfect time. What has Bell done since he left the Steelers? He's had a fight with his head coach. He needs a trainer as an intermediary for them to talk. Um, he let A.B. go, and he's been a circus. He's been a total fiasco. So the re- relationships he builds with his players, I think, is is incredible. His press conferences are second to none. The dude uses words that you have to look up after the press conference, so he sounds smart. Um, and honestly, I think he knows where he's weak. He lets you know other coaches make decisions when he can't. He does have weaknesses. His time management, clock management skills, and his challenges are awful. All Pittsburgh knows that, and we don't mind calling him out on that. But, you know, we stuck with him year after year, and he's continued to have, you know, winning records. Um, I think the players stand beside him. Unlike, I know they support Quinn too, but um, he's, he's tough when he needs to, and he's also a player's coach when he needs to. But trust me, he didn't have the, the trust of Pittsburgh right away. It took a while. Oh, that's understandable. And I, I, the reason I ask, and you said a couple of things in there that I, th- I think make a good coach. It's not a hundred percent about X's and O's. It's they know how to manage people and they know how to, ma- they're their CEO. And I think that's what Dan Quinn lacks is, yeah, the players like him and he supports him and he's a nice guy, but I, I think it's the, I mean, we've talked about it before. He came in, he brought, had Kyle Sh- Shanahan. Is basically like if you hire me, my OC is Kyle Shanahan. But beyond that, every hire he's made, in my opinion, has been awful. It, you know, we've we've cycled through several OCs. You know, we keep bringing in a, D, a defensive coordinator, and we've got one DC that calls first, second, 
down, and we've got another guy calling plays on third down. Let and that I just sink in for a second. I don't know. Yeah. If, do just, you know that? Just is let it, that marinate a minute there, Duncan. We have a guy that calls first and second down, and then we pass it to another guy to call third down, and none of those guys are the head coach who's a defensive mind. What? <laughs> yeah. Welcome to our world. And again, I think – some some people are just cut out for it. There's some guys that are great coordinators, and I know historically it's like, well, if you're a great coordinator, then you're going to be a head coach. Not everybody can fit that role. I, I mean, I think Dan Quinn is a good D coordinator if that's his main focus. I just don't think he's the CEO, people manager, that it takes to be a good coach long term, like a Mike Tomlin or a Bill Cowher or any of these other long term guys. And again, it comes down to, I think, the Rooney family. They're one of the, the kind of the poster child of NFL ownership. Everybody talks about how, you know, Pittsburgh has been so successful because of the ownership, you know, stability and whatnot. I think Arthur Blank is so rash in his hiring and he just wants to be good. He wants to win so bad that we've seen this pattern of these, the Bobby Petrino, the Jim Mora, the, you know, Will and Mike Vick around in a wheelchair on the sideline. <laughs> just, I, I think, I, I don't know. I think he's just kind of losing it as an owner. He just wants to win so bad that now he's just, just kind of lost in what to do. And now I think he thinks that the only way we're going to be successful is if we keep the same coach and keep the content continuing. Well, I just murdered that word, but Continuity. yeah, that's right. Continuity. <laughs> and keep the general manager. Yeah. Which, because he's using teams like Pittsburgh that that do have that as as like the kind of boilerplate for what we're trying to become. But if you don't have a good GM and a good head coach, then you don't like keeping them around is not going to make you a good team. It's just not. You guys I think are this a is tough a good spot. time to tr- yeah you are to you transition don't want to turn that coach too no sorry oh, go gosh. ahead you don't want to turn into Cleveland yeah good time can- to transition. To transition Dutko to the the idea of the Falcons' identity, right? And I, last week we talked a little bit about, um, you know, the Falcons' identity changes based on the coach, right? It's the we're going to be a West Coast offense, we're going to be a running power run offense, we're going to be a zone running offense, a uh, zone blocking offense, we're going to be a three four defense, we're going to be a four three defense, we're going to be a this year we're playing with three safeties defense, we're going to like. Our identity is always changing. Our identity, and therefore, when we go to look to draft players, we draft guys for a three-four, and then two years later, those guys we drafted aren't really the right fit anymore because now we're in a four-three, right? So, I think one of our biggest issues is we don't have an identity that we stick with. Does and I'm sort of interested in your perspective. Does Pittsburgh? Do you feel like y'all have an identity and something y'all stuck with for ten, fifteen, twenty years, or do y'all clamor for, you know, what Mahomes is doing and what? Lamar Jackson is doing or what's the next new thing or do y'all have that identity and sort of stick with it? Yeah, you have, you have a lot of the older Steeler generation who are still uh, looking back to the good old days when we were just smash mouth, run the football, linebackers galore, making people pay. Uh, Blitzberg was a common nickname in, in the mid nineties when we made the Super Bowl against, against the Cowboys. Um, but Pittsburgh has also been able to adapt sort of where the league is going. Um, we don't have you know, a Mahomes, Mahomes style, you know, quarterback right now, so we can't really go that route. So really we do kind of play to what our talent, um, has on the team and, and what's available to us. So 
our identity for most of our history, run the ball, play good defense, win the time of possession. That's always been successful for us. But if you look around the league, no one's doing that right now. So we have become pass heavy. Uh, and, and a lot of Pittsburgh people don't like that, but we also realize that that's what it's going to take to win. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I think it's like, I'm pretty sure now listening, Pittsburgh and Atlanta are the complete opposites of each other as a franchise. <laughs> I've been trying don't to tell give Daniel more ammunition. It's 100% true. We'll just think about at least where we stand today. Defensively, I I don't know how you scheme with our players. We just don't have talent. We have Grady Jarrett and 10 other guys that they put in a uniform. And the ghost of Deion Jones. But (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, Every once in a while, Keanu Neal will come in and and rock somebody, but then he'll disappear, I think, because he has a concussion. Um I loved home but team off- Brandon Leak said that uh, Dante Fowler is already ready for Halloween. He's dressed up as a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you seen him down the street, by the way? I have not. That car's still there, though. The car's worth about twice as much as the house, so I'm not sure what's going yeah. on with that. Uh, don't sell your – I think you're selling your neighborhood pretty short there. Um, uh, but but Dirk Cutter, I think that's the biggest thing of you know great play callers can adjust their schemes to their talent. But I feel like that's what Cutter refuses. He has his, you know, his scheme, his plays, his mentality. I don't know. And he he can't adjust it to the Falcons' current roster. He can't maximize guys' talent like you see. uh, We'll take it again. As I was listening to the radio to West Durham, the Bears' first drive, he made the comment of like, wow, I think, uh, what's his name? Nagy, I think, is their head coach yeah, or their Matt play Nagy. caller. Matt Nagy. Made a point to say, man, he's he's really mixing it up, getting the ball into the playmaker's hands, showing different looks, showing a bunch of uh, you know, pre-stat movement, changing alignment, got guys in motion. Talking about how he's he's like, wow, he's he's doing a great job calling plays this first drive, trying to maximize the little talent they have on offense. While we have an OC with all this talent, but we're so vanilla. We're not moving guys. We're not putting guys in motion. We're not, you know, throwing Julio in the backfield like Kyle Shanahan would. Just making the defense kind of think twice about what they're doing. Yeah, the the simple thing of motion, pre-snap motion, is such a big deal, and helps Matt Ryan in understanding and reading the defense, right? Getting the movement exactly. of the defenders, and he doesn't do that at all. Uh, I honestly, other than other than a player motioning from tight on the right side of the line as a tight end moving over to the left side of the line. That's about all the motion you're going to see out of his offense. There's there's no movement, no motion. That's it. Yet yeah. between that and not running the ball, it's it's painful to watch. I don't know why we brought Todd Gurley here because he should be closing out games like those last two weeks, and he he isn't touching the ball. Yeah, but T- Todd Gurley has been good though. I mean, he's been really yeah. good for us so far. I think. I mean, when we give him the ball, yeah. Last week he had 14 carries for like 78 yards. I mean, that, there's no reason we shouldn't be handling the ball you know, two or three times at the end of the game, just let them run the clock. I mean, make them beat you instead of, you know, giving them the ball at the 40. I mean, our our last drive was 11 seconds. Three plays, 11 seconds was our last possession. Uh, How do you do that? I can't, I I don't even know how, that's so embarrassing. 
All right, we've spent 35 minutes crying about our Falcons. And, and honestly, we could probably spend another 35 minutes doing the same thing. So before we put a put a bow on on week three and our 0-3 start, move on to the idea of us playing us playing the, the, the Packers, which, by the way, I am boycotting that game. I will not be watching because Dan Quinn is coaching. Uh, I'm boycotting the Monday night game. I'll be watching. I know. Shake your head at me all you want, Decca. I will not be participating in the Monday night game. So y'all are going to have to fill in on what happens with the Falcons because I will not know. Um, but I've given up. I've already stated that. <laughs> I will. I'll provide the update. I'll be watching. <laughs> there you go. You'll be our Falcons reporter. What? One housekeeping thing to to sorry to cut you off there. Uh, Jeremy Daniel, I'd like to bring up if you're going to text about a football oh game. Oh my god! Yes. You have to be real time texting. Are we doing this again? I, We've already done I don't, this. I don't want to get texts from back in the first quarter when it's almost halftime. I watch it later because I DVR I don't it because I got stuff to do with the you kids. Can't, you can't text about it. Yeah, if you're not live, don't uh, text about I don't it. Wa- we have no clue what I, you're talking about. Like, <laughs> Daniel's like, oh, great oh, sack. No. And I'm like, we have... Yeah, I look up. I'm like, oh, did I miss something? Oh, no, the Falcons have the ball. ball. So what the heck is he texting about? (laughs) Well, I won't be watching this this Monday night, so you won't have to worry about it. I will be in in protest. See if I can get a little uh, little army together on Twitter, let the Falcons know how many people aren't watching because Dan Quinn's still there. We're winning on Monday. Uh, Do you have to go through this with Steelers fans? We're going to go Gandhi style here. Do you have idiots that watch... They'll watch the game on like a delay for some reason, and then they want to talk about it an hour after things have happened. No, he's backing up my my who's the better fan debate. You don't watch the games live. You're not watching this Monday night on national TV playing a historical franchise like Green Bay at Lambeau Field. I think it's away. I don't know. That's unbelievable. You, it is. You're we, not that out of it. We own the Packers at Lambeau Field. You do. Vic did have a playoff win at Lambeau. That is a good a good stat you have i'll give you that and we beat and we beat green bay in the 2016 run to go to the super bowl so we own the packers we'll save this for another episode but i watched aaron Rodgers shred the saints with no receivers so trading all trading all of our receivers to green bay is part of my rebuild plan but he is going to absolutely obliterate the falcon second yeah, it's going to be bad. We're going to win. Really We're winning on Monday. They might hang 60 on us. <laughs> Jerry's pulled the We're going to win card already. Right. I like the confidence. I respect I'll tell you this. If, it, if it, 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm surprised you're not a Bills fan now. Or you may be at this point. No, I have to hear. Not, if things have gotten so bad, I'm having to take crap from Dolphins and Bills fans. <laughs> So bad. Are you in Buffalo? It, oh, it's really. It's going to be fun though. To walk. Uh yeah, Rochester. So like an hour outside of Buffalo. Are you a Blue Jays fan? <laughs> no. <laughs> Buffalo Blue. <laughs> Buffalo Blue Jays. <laughs> you do. You're the playoff team. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, before we put a bow on this uh, duck go, do you have any other uh, words of wisdom for uh, for Falcons fans as we look to uh, most likely rebuild? I'm gonna keep. Or I'm just do you have any? Very, I'm gonna be. You got any, any hate speech over there? You know, all day I had to worry about what kind of what kind of guy was I going to be on the show. You know, there, there's the. I have to. 
be honorable. It's your show. You guys invited me on. I need to be kind. I need to be respectful. But I have so much ammunition I want to unleash. So I'm just going to take <laughs> I'm going to take the high road, just like I'm sure Trump and Biden are doing right now as we as we speak. And I'll just say yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with Jeremy's approach. Hang in there. Yeah. Hang in. Yeah. Because you know what? Honestly, don't you take some sort of joy in watching them do this over and over again? A little bit. It's kind of it's it's a little bit humorous. Yeah, honestly, yes. Last Sunday, I walked up the stairs as I was shedding all my Falcons gear to put on clothes so I didn't have to look like a Falcons fan. I was laughing, thinking only the Falcons can do this. Like, this is only the Falcons. I'm numb to the pain now most of the time. <laughs> I, I have no more feelings. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't even really mad after it. It's like, as soon as we missed that field goal, I was like, I'm afraid we're going to lose this game. I mean, because that field goal would have pushed up three possessions. With like six minutes left in the fourth quarter. I get, eventually uh, you reach the I, I, point where like it's fun to talk about how disappointed you are. And that's kind of the state you guys have been in for years and years and years. I get it. as I'm a Pitt fan. Uh, and the Panthers don't have much to speak about. We gripe about the same things to the point where it's enjoyable. And same thing with the Pirates recently. So I get it. Recently? I mean, I've, since like 1940, you've been griping about the Pirates. Hey, 2013 After Wild about Park, week four or five that... <laughs> I was say, after about week four or five of the season, I become a better father and a better husband because <laughs> I don't have to care about the Falcons. <laughs> the That's great. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's transition to something that Dutco doesn't have much experience with, and that's Major League Baseball what? playoffs. Oh. The Pirates are terrible. Daniel, Phil took the high road. We are tied for fourth in all-time World Series wins with five. Tied for fourth all-time. You have one. Uh, the whole city has one. Unless you count the Boston Braves World Series, <laughs> then you have two. So the fact that your franchise WBA, moves around, Milwaukee, Boston, soccer. Atlanta, no identity, three cities, I, I don't know. The Dream have lost three WNBA finals. It doesn't even happen for them. So Phil. The, the United whoa, whoa, is whoa, your whoa. hope. Talk. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. WNBA talk. Yes, I Yes. Yeah, we we need to really be nice to Phil because I mean he he has been really played to the Falcons and we don't want to be the Milledgeville in the bathroom guy. So let's just keep it keep it positive. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I know. I know you can go there. And, and Ben, if you're listening, I'm going to back you up. There's a recent documentary, four-part series, 16 to 18 minutes per session. goes all into Ben's rehab over his uh, shoulder surgery or elbow surgery the past season. He is a changed, changed man. He says all the right things. He talks about his Lord and Savior, Jesus. I believe him. I think he's a changed guy. I know he made a lot of mistakes. I will give you that. But we all have. It was called Eight Minutes of the Wild Horse. Oh my gosh! I don't. I can only edit the audio from the podcast, not the video. So it's... Phil, I'm just giving you a hard time. You know that. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, I'm just gonna sit here and and, all, and take it all in fun. <laughs> all right, so let's let's talk about the Braves in the playoffs. I know Garrett uh, is all over uh, the Braves with their their first game tomorrow against the Reds, and 
Bauer Power, who I've been calling to uh, to come here as a pitcher for us next year. What are your thoughts, Garrett, as we get ready for the Reds? Which Dutko should know all about the Reds. They're in that same terrible division. That's also who we defeated in 2013 in the wild card playoff. The Johnny Cueto game. We were chanting Cueto, Cueto. Cueto drops the ball. Next pitch, we hit a home run. The place erupted. Now, that was a long time ago, so. Yeah, Bauer Bauer being pretty bold coming right out and kind of saying that they're going to beat the Braves before the series starts. I mean, I thought that was. Yeah, ask him questions after they win the series. (laughs) Correct. I was like, that's. I'll, I'll tell you who's the harder who's the harder hitter to get out, Freddie or Ozuna, after we win the series. Yeah. It's pretty bold. And that's how he always is. He's a strange cat. That's why I do not want him in a Braves uniform. He was this is the same guy last year when he was with the Indians that cried like a little baby that the Braves weren't trying to hit the ball off of him. They were just trying to foul the ball off to run up his pitch count. And even if his own manager <laughs> called him an idiot. Like that's that's their job. That's the game. Yes, yes, you're a good pitcher. So they're trying to run up your pitch count and get you out of the game. And you cry like a little baby about it. Just man up. I can't wait for Ozuna to take him 500 deep, dead center. I- that that would be outstanding. He he is crazy, but also, I mean, the dude can pitch. You got to have some respect for Bauer. He wants the ball every three days. Say, so give me the ball every three days, and I'm going to go pitch. Like that's ridiculous. That's I don't want him here. <laughs> but the Braves will beat him. Well, I'm going to eat my. I'm going to eat our early lunch and then turn the Braves game on at 12 noon, which is also kind of insane. Yeah, what are we doing having baseball at noon? That's a whole different thing. That works perfect for me, actually. <laughs> yeah, Daniel, I can get my two to three hours of work out of you too, Daniel. Then I'm good. I was just going to make a comment. That's when you have to have when you have sixteen playoff teams, you're going to have to have those nine a.m. games. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be an interesting start for the for the Braves Reds. Bauer's going to be tough. So I've got yeah. So I've got Cincinnati outside of their starting pitcher, which is is great. I mean, Bauer's probably going to win the Cy Young. They're as a team, they've got the second best ERA in the National League behind the Dodgers. Their whip is third in the National League. Uh, their fielding percentage, I think, is top uh, top three or four. Um, so pitching, starting pitching defensively, um, I mean, they're a good team. It'll be tough. But offensively, the Braves are head and shoulders above the Reds. And I've got faith in Freed, even Ian Anderson, um, that we can lock it down. Finally, get our first playoff victory, playoff s- series victory. What's it been? Fifteen years? I think so. Been, yeah, and the Reds. I think is longer than that. Reds has been since '95. I think. Uh, yes, when the Braves defeated them in '95. Yep. On their way to a World Series victory. Obviously, the stars are lining up here. Oh man. <laughs> you got two MVP candidates holding down your lineup and Freddie and Azuna. This is the year. Our lineup is, I mean, we've talked about this all, all year, is one of the best in baseball. I mean, Dodgers lineup might be might be a comparison. I mean, even the Yankees, I know 
you know, they've had some injuries and, and some guys have underperformed, but I mean, I put the Braves lineup against anybody, uh, you know, top to bottom. I mean, you're looking at batting Ozzy Albies at times at, at the ninth, the ninth spot or, or Dansby down at the ninth spot. I mean, those are guys that are, you know, two or five hitters in most other lineups. So yeah, we're, we're deep in, in the, with the bats, it's just going to be a matter of if, if those bats can handle pitching, because I mean, pitching is what wins in playoff games usually. So it's, it's a different approach for us going in, right? Usually we're, we're all about, you know, Maddox, Smoltz, Glavin, you know, we, we won with pitching. I know Deco, we didn't technically win enough, but we won with pitching to go into a playoff series. Now and look at it. We're going to win with our bats is, is just a different approach for Braves baseball. And it's, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it works. I'm hoping it works. What do you think, Jeremy, going into the, the Red Series? Are you excited about it? Are you worried about the, the Reds? I mean, anytime you go into a playoff series with the Braves, you, you're you concerned because <laughs> of our history in the playoffs. But, I mean, I'm excited, of course. I think we've got a really good team. And, you know, our pitching's good enough to where I think, you know, we can compete because our bullpen's so good. So if we can just get to our bullpen, you know, offense can get us, you know, three to five runs a game. I, th- I think we should be in a pretty good place. Yeah, it's sort of like Jeremy and I said last week that, you know, if, if the if the starters can give us four innings, you know, two or three runs, then that's a win. I mean, Freed, obviously, I want to go farther than that, but if those other two guys give us, you know, four innings and a couple of runs, then that's a that's a win. The bullpen is lights out. Are you going to take the chop away in Game Five again? I mean, how do you do? That? Can we talk about that? <laughs> that's that's your signature move at your stadium. You take it away, and then they score ten runs in the first inning. That's you can't. Baseball do, that's, gods did not approve. We could talk about it, but we'll get censored. So <laughs> tread lightly. That's that's possible. Yeah. Well, that's like, possible. Well, we had to change our hashtag because people are so thin skinned. It's like it can't be chop on anymore. One, it has to be for the A. One person. What was the what's the new one this year? Yeah, for the A, and now it's mix it up or something mix like that up, for the yeah, playoffs. Because that makes sense yeah. with the brace. I mean, that's tied to yeah, us. I don't even get it. It's the thing they do after they hit a hit the. I don't know. Azuna <laughs> brought it. You know what? If Azuna does it, I'm okay with it because he's been yeah. outstanding. You yeah, know, I love Azuna, so I, we'll mix it up. I guess I'm fine with it, and I hope they. Re- yeah, can we talk about it, how the Braves need to resign him? Is this? We'll we'll talk about. Yeah, that's future, but yeah, we all, I think we all agree that that needs to happen. Do, Dude's going to get paid, though, because if you look at his numbers, I had stats to talk about Freddie Freeman's MVP campaign and how he should win the batting title, except for I think Juan Soto should be disqualified. He had, he had 60 less at-bats than Freddie, and he has, he's got a higher batting average by 10 points. I would love to see some sort of – I think they got rid of the qualifications this year with the shortened season. I don't know, but he got COVID. And so he, he had far fewer plate appearances and is probably is about the only reason why he leads uh, Freddie in any of the categories. But if you look at average for the national league, you go Soto Freeman, Ozuna, you look at home runs, Ozuna leads the national league with 18. You look at RBIs, Ozuna one, Freddie two. You look at, uh, Freddie leads in runs, on base percentage, Soto, Freddy, Azuna. You look at slugging percentage, Soto, Freddy, Azuna. 
Freddie leads in doubles. I mean, it's just it's absurd to have two guys, Freddie who should win the MVP, but then also Ozuna being right there of has a great case to also be the MVP. To have two guys back to back in your lineup like that, it's absurd to me. And those aren't even your best players. I mean, Acuna's but your best player. Yeah. And if we you just look have at to his do numbers, something with it, we have to do something with it. I I, don't, I can't take the Falcons being terrible, and then the Braves underperforming in the playoffs again. We we have to do something with the talent we have offensively this year. But so yeah, to put it in perspective for the Phillies guy, the Braves playoff <laughs> it, Pirates guy, but Pirates. I like that. Call him a Phillies fan. Whatever. He also likes the Sixers. So, oh, I looked at the Phil name and it and it threw me off there. Uh, excuse me, Pittsburgh. Philly Phil. Uh, the nervousness we get anytime the Falcons kick off to start a game is the same nervousness we feel at the first pitch of a brace playoff game. You're never comfortable until it's, you know, the third out in the ninth inning, no matter the score. We pr- 100%. We probably won't give up 10 runs in the first inning this, this year, though. So that, that's positive. Thanks. Man, I hope so. It, fortunately, uh, I didn't do my research on this. Has Freed given up a home run this year? He gave up he two back to back. His last start, uh, that's he right. His ankle. The last start. But prior right, to that, right. he hadn't given up a home run. He hadn't given up because that's the one kind of uh, not advantage, I guess. But that's the one way the Reds can hurt us. They the strike out a, a lot. Yeah, they have a terrible cuts. average, but they can hit home runs. Yeah, and they walk um, a lot. So, yeah, as it's gonna be a good a series. Team. I'm happy we're playing them, though, not the Cardinals. I don't want to play the Cardinals. Yeah, I don't know about that, but I mean, we have to win. We have to win game one, though. I think we have to win Freed start because he's by far. I thought the exact same thing about winning game one is if we lose game one, all the Atlanta things start coming in. All the, oh my gosh, are we going to do this again? And you know the player, if the fans feel it, you know the players have to feel it, right? So th- those doubts that we have, they start creeping into their heads too. Do, We've got to win it, game one. Even though, we're, even though we're home, do you think having an empty stadium helps some of the young guys? Even Freed or Ian Anderson? I do, definitely. Yeah. So all three games are played at Truist, right? There's no traveling to to Cincinnati. So yeah, I do think, I think especially Ian Anderson freed a little bit, but I think it definitely Ian Anderson. And if Kyle Wright has to go in game three, I think it's a huge, a huge impact on those young pitchers not to have, you know, people like Ducko in the stands yelling Sid Bream was out, you know, stuff like that. It'd be Don't easier. Don't go there. Don't go there. I was, I was at that game. It was awesome. He was I think it, that, that was your memorable moment, I think, on episode seven or eight. I think you talked about that as your favorite Braves moment. Wow, Phil, you're outstanding. You're, you're blowing, <laughs> blowing away. <laughs> Jerry's going to invite you back. You will be invited back. <laughs> you truly are a loyal listener. <laughs> All right, guys, but, anything else on yeah. the Braves? I, I, I was going to talk Hawks a little bit, but we've gone 55 minutes on an episode. We've never done that before, ever. Yeah, yeah. I had a really good Atlanta United topic, too. Oh, we can hold that. Bring back, but we'll save yeah, it. Yeah, I do have one, we'll save it again. one quick topic before we end, though, Daniel. Stop, stop okay. picking Twitter fights that you abandoned halfway through and leave me to deal with stupid positions that you're taking on Twitter. <laughs> 
So that was my Hawks talk is I basically said Lloyd Pierce, like bring Doc Rivers, get rid of Lloyd Pierce. And people on Twitter lost their minds. Like Lloyd Pierce has done something for the Atlanta Hawks. They didn't lose their mind. He's been terrible. He's terrible, but yeah, Daniel. They're like, oh, you got it. He's he's developing players. I'm like, what have you seen where he's developing players? They're just as bad as they were before. Uh, how how do the Hawks compare to the Pittsburgh basketball team? <laughs> I They're... thought we were the Sixers. I thought we had the Sixers. <laughs> Man, yeah. you are confused. We we're you got to remember good. Pittsburgh and. Hey. We're about as good Pittsburgh as your Hawks. Small market town. Good, or the Hawks. As good that, as the that's Hawks. not really a shot to Southerners. We're fine with that. <laughs> Obviously, oh, we let man. two teams go, and nobody could care less. I know you did. That was in my show prep right there. The <laughs> Take a shot about the Thrashers. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. We had to come up with better shots than that to hurt our feelings. I don't know. He had some pretty good ones about uh, Daniel. Yeah. We appreciate it. Oh, yeah, those are enjoyable. Those Any closing the- remarks on Daniel, Dan, Danny yeah, Boy? Dan. <laughs> oh, man, I would love to. Those were those were actually JV, JV remarks. I, I'll, I'll go varsity if I'm invited on next time and step it up a little bit. But I have years on, on Daniel if, if you'd like to partake one day. Yeah. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> 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 Oh yes! Oh gosh! I'd love. I'll come on anytime, guys. All right. Well, with fun. With that, with our almost hour-long episode here, we'll uh, we'll we'll call it quits and pull the plug. Um, Huge thank you to Deco to for uh, for joining us and and talking a little bit of uh, Falcons and and giving us perspective of a franchise that does have their act together. Uh, Like I said at the beginning of the episode, if you guys haven't already checked us out on YouTube, please uh, please do. Uh, you can see Garrett in his uh, his suit, and uh, you can see Ducko in Rest his in, peace. in his uh, Steelers attire. It looks like the, he was thrown up on. All right, until next week, guys. Thank y'all for listening. That is it for episode thirty-seven of the Atlanta Sports Podcast. As always, thank you for listening, and huge thank you to Phil Ducko for joining us in this episode. If you don't already, please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and take a moment and subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can watch us as we record these podcasts. Also, you can find those on our website, theatlantasportspodcast.com and join us on Twitter at ATL Sport Podcast. That's at ATL Sport Podcast. Have a great week, Atlanta.